We are human beings on a journey. That journey is is quite spectacular and, and offers us experiences that are cosmic, human, emotional. We get to travel our life steering three vehicles, your physical body, your energetic body, and your mental body. These are the vehicles that allow us to interact and to experience what appears to be something other than who we are. That's a unique experience, otherness. And so we're on this journey, traveling with as much awareness as we have, So that is called, we had storms here, so you'll know, and there's been power outages, and we just had a little burp in the power. So on, on the journey that we're on, we have these three vehicles that we need to learn how to operate. It's not who we are, we're conscious beings. Um, it's given many names, the soul, the, the Atman, um, I give it a functional name, knower. And so this knower, this wise, aware, intuitive part of us, that part of us is so connected to the source that there is no possibility for a disconnection, nor is there any possibility of not remaining in a unified field, no matter what is happening. Now, these three vehicles function perfectly when you know how to use them. That's the key. So that's what we want to talk about. We want to know how to operate these vehicles so that we can remain in a unified experience and interact with this world around us in as satisfying and fulfilling and meaningful way as possible. And in the course of doing that, to remain of service, to be in a unified field means we come with responsibilities to be there for others as well as for ourselves. And in a unified field, everyone's working together. The issue then becomes, do you know, number one, do you know how to function through those vehicles? Have you had enough practice so that you can be present to the experience and not in some way kind of wobble or, or get upset or just lose connection? That's the journey that we're on. So what I'd like you to do is close your eyes, sit up tall. Let's get comfortable. Slow, deep breaths. Now with each breath, experience 
the air flowing in and the breath flowing out. So you're experiencing this sensation of being connected to and in a very intimate relationship with air. So deep breath in. And then a slow, gentle breath out. To have the capacity to experience very large emotions and experience them from a place where there is no need to react. You remain in a place of perfect synchronicity, alignment, connection. So breathe deeply because in order to experience that type of relationship with the world around you, you need to be in the unified field. So we start physically with the air and the planet. So breathe into your relationship to air. Really tune into it. As you breathe in, appreciate the fact oxygen is coming into your system. And we need that in order to, to metabolize and for everything to happen. So breathe in the air, appreciating it. And then when you exhale, have a sense of giving back because you are. You're putting carbon back in to the atmosphere so that those beings, trees being one of them, need the carbon dioxide to keep the web of life moving. So breathe deeply. And as you, as often as you can, put your attention on this miraculous exchange of molecules that allows us to live and allows the planet to continue on. And it's all in the breath. So physically now you are aligning yourself so that no matter what happens, you can respond. Respond, occur is an action in the unified field. Reaction is a activity originating from confusion. Short, shallow breaths, high CO2 in the body. Acidity, breaking down the system's ability 
to maintain balance? Or a healthy relationship with your body and the earth and the plants and the food? And you breathe into that deeply. Because in this session, I'm going to reveal to you how to utilize your mind in, in a very simple way, profoundly important for you to have a successful journey each year around the globe and the sun and the moon. So breathing deeply now, here's what I'd like you to consider. Who are you? Are you the inhalation or are you the, the knower that you're inhaling? And what's inhaling? Physical body. Who are you? Do you have a physical body? Or are you identified as a physical body? Who are you? I think most of us will agree we have a body, but we're not the body. It's a good platform as you age. You can keep your relationship to this elderly senior body and love it as much as when it was in its younger version. Next, I want you to consider what emotion What's your favorite emotion? Just for a moment, consider. What's your favorite emotion? Okay. Are you that emotion, or do you experience on hopefully more than one occasion that emotion? Do you have emotions, or when an emotion comes, do you lose yourself in an emotion? Like when we're sad or disappointed in ourselves. Now I'd like to, to you to consider, who are you? We're not the emotions. We have them, we experience them, we feel them, but we're not the emotions. We have thoughts. If I asked you, 
when was the last time you did a puzzle or when was the last time you uh, had to really sit down and think out a situation we have thoughts we analyze things we learn from experience we remember are you the thoughts because they're changing all the time that would mean you would change all the time and that would be very insecure do you have thoughts or and this happens to me do some thoughts kind of grab you and suck you in and next thing that you know you forgot you're having a thought and you become the thought that it might even combine with an emotion so now you have a thought and an emotion and you think you're both who are you the journey that you take with raja yoga is like right now put your attention on the part of you that knows you have a body physical body knows you have energy when or lack of energy knows you have emotions painful ones the non-painful ones and you know you have lots of thoughts but it's not you so now deep slow breath now i want you to really ramp it up a bit take the biggest inhalation you can and then hold the breath for maybe a couple seconds and when you let it out whistle and then rub your hands together create some heat When you feel the heat, cup the palms over your eyes. Let the heat, let the eyes absorb the heat, and then gently stroke them out. So it turns out that we're all on a journey together. And I love the which you've probably heard many times, you know, it's the universe. University, yeah. So here we are, we activate these vehicles and we begin to have these experiences where when it's optimal, when it's working well, we have an opportunity to feel things, to know things, to have experiences that will be held in our memory hopefully the ones that are most important and expand you and allow to experience yourself in, in a happy or a satisfied relationship with yourself and others. So what's available to us as human beings, and this is the, the point of Raja Yoga, is that we really do have to know how to use the vehicles. Now, the physical one's easy. There's some breathing and there's yoga and there's Tai Chi, there's lots of Hindu. Um, however, the mental one, that's the one Raja Yoga focuses on. So we have a mind. So there are three possible experiences that come with the mind. So there's three functions in the mind. 
One function is you feel things. An experience happens, something happens to you, and you feel it. You, and what do I mean by feel it? You experience yourself in a relationship with something else. You identify yourself as someone having an experience. That's the feeling part. So when we enter into the mind, we can't decide not to feel. I mean, you can work at not feeling, and there are people who are very accomplished at it. But feeling is one of the functions that we want to have on this journey. We're talking about living in a state in the unified field, which we call dynamic stillness. Dynamic stillness is having the capacity to flow in the unified field that is the very fabric and foundation and makeup of every experience we have, physical, energetic, or mental. Dynamic stillness is the state where you are involved as a physical body with a mind and a personality and feeling things and thinking about it and planning. You're having all of these experiences, but the entire time you remain in the unified field. You don't experience yourself as separate from the absolute fabric that keeps us all connected on every level. So, of course, we have to learn how to do that. But when you can feel something, you have a relationship to it. It's powerful. Now, we all know some of those feelings are uh, painful, uncomfortable. There's sadness. There's anger. There's disappointment. There's loneliness. There's frustration, there's joy. So the feeling part of us is one of the three functions in the mind that is absolutely important. Now, what happens? <laughs> what happens when you're not in the unified field, but you're still feeling things? Oh boy, anything can go at that point. Let me tell you a story. <laughs> Today is the day that I like to do this with you. And so I have it planned that we do things in the morning and then in the afternoon it's free flow. But free flow with kind of more a retreat, a time to just meditate, do some poses, kind of talk to the dogs and talk to Radha and just no real schedule thing, just so. I was really good today, and I set everything up very early and had it all together. And then I was going to, Stephen and Karen and Rod and I get together. And so I was on with Stephen, and I was saying to him, this is exactly how it happened. I said to him, actually, I don't know, Stephen, you probably remember better than I do if you want to jump in and, and, and share what happened here. Um, but what did happen was, I was sharing with him what a wonderful time it is. How fortunate can I be that I have an opportunity to sit in front of you and to share Raja Yoga. And I love 
Tuesdays. It's a really good day. Now, halfway through that conversation, the internet went. So he never heard the full thing. So I got him on FaceTime. I get this big thing on the screen that says, unstable internet. <laughs> We're going on in two hours. Unstable internet. So I did everything I do. I climbed up on the chair and I went up and I undid the, I did everything you're supposed to do. Nothing's working. And so I had to call up Shaw. Now at this point, Radha talk is talking with Stephen and Karen and I'm with the Shaw guy, a wonderful Indian man, by the way, just from, he's from the Gujarat and he lives in Ontario. Um, but he's leading me through the steps and he's the technician. So he's working from the other side. That lasts for about, oh, that was a good 45 minutes. And the whole time, what I realized was, I was really out of concern because I wanted to be with you. But my mind then said, well, it looks like it's not gonna happen. So, okay, that'll be okay. We'll go do something else tonight. But I'd rather hang out. That would be kind of disappointing. I've kind of got, I, I enjoy hanging out with all of you. And so I went through that whole process. And in the process, I was able to talk to this young man, wonderful Indian man. Um, and I told him that I, I thank you so much for getting me online because I'm doing a class on Raja Yoga and Pantanjali. And, and he knew it. And then, and so I said, so then he's doing everything. He said, I need your password, which has changed now. But anyway, so I gave the password and, and the password was space. And so he said, okay. And I and he said, no, that didn't work. I said, oh, that's right. It's Akash. He goes, oh, Akash? I said, you know what Akash is? And he goes, yes, it, it, it's, it's the sky. I said, well, yeah, almost. It's the sky space. He goes, oh yeah, that's right. The sky space. So we wound up having a great conversation. He asked me where I was in, in India, but meanwhile, he's such a smart kid, kid, whatever he was. And he's, and he gets me online. And so at the end of it, I must have climbed up and down that chair going up to unplug and do this and something bridged on it and he had to unbridge it. And so we were doing it together and we got online. All right. That's what I would say is as close as I can get at this point to dynamic stillness. I almost saw my mind go down the road of, oh no, that's not going to be good. We're supposed to go on. And I could feel the shame. So that emotion, when that emotion got triggered, which is a natural feeling, right? Something's wrong. You know, this, the internet's not together. I'm not going to have my quiet afternoon. But it, it, it was different. So I could feel it. And I could even, even feel myself being pulled towards that. But it was like, no, I don't want to go there. I will feel, yeah, no. But let's see what's supposed to happen. So I allowed myself to feel the disappointment without getting lost in it. Dynamic stillness is the ability to feel everything. That's one of the first functions now. It's the function of ownership. That's the first thing that gets triggered when you, the wise, aware, intuitive, immortal, blissful being, when we enter into our mind, the first thing we experience is I'm someone and there's something else. This is a splitting, a sense of, by the way, this is just a sense of otherness. It doesn't really happen. 
It's a projector projecting onto a screen. That's not actually the scene. And you're not going to dive into the lake that's on the screen. So in the same way, our mind allows us to feel things. But you have two possibilities. You can feel them and know that you're feeling them, or you could feel them and get lost in the feeling and actually believe you're the feeling, which takes you on a, one of my teachers, Ron Kurtz, the therapist who trained me, right? He would call that riding the rapids. So with the proper practice, we can use this feeling, emotion, emotion. So there's a feeling that things are happening. That's emotion. And so that gets triggered in your mind. If you're in that dynamic stillness, you use your feelings like radar. It brings you to things. It moves you in things. It allows you to understand it. You can interact with people in a synchronistic manner. If you are experiencing yourself, feeling the event, but not getting lost in it. So the, the more, the part of you that doesn't get caught up in the maturations of the mind, that part of you can be present when you're feeling something really powerful, like someone passing. I've had a couple of those in the last year or so and feeling the sadness of that, but you don't become the sadness. All right. Now the other function of the mind is really, really important. That's the function that just records. It just knows. So you learn a lesson, it remembers. That's really important. Imagine if you had to relearn the lesson over and over again. I mean, every time you couldn't survive in this world, especially in a world that's always changing and moving. There's patterns, but things are always combining in a completely different way. No two snowflakes, no, you know, no two grains of, uh, grains of sand. So the part of the mind that learns the lesson that will keep you informed of the things you need to remember so you don't have to rethink it. Like getting into an electric car when you drove an ice car most of your life, internal combustion engine. It's a whole different thing that happens. It's very interesting. But the mind gets it pretty quickly. You drive an electric car totally different than a, than a regular. All right, now third function. Now, what happens when memory goes off? Oh, boy, we have problems. And if you're around on the planet long enough, although it does happen to some people in their 40s and 50s, but there could happen in the brain a certain um, malfunction that would prevent you from accessing the part of the mind, because the mind and the brain are different. They work together in tandem, but they're not the same thing. So if something happens in the brain, you'll know it in the mind, but you won't be able to get it connected. I watched my mother with that, just was sad. So if memory is working with the feeling part of you, the lessons you've learned from the past will be employed in the moment automatically. So the third function then is in order to navigate this world. So we're, we're beings taking a human form and navigating an ever-changing world and having experiences and feelings all the time. We have to be able to put things in pieces and make sense of them. And that's the analytical, the rational part of us. So we think things out or not. It depends how you develop that particular faculty. 
But if your analytical thinking is in balance with your past experiences and memory, don't touch fire, right? Cucumbers, they repeat on me. I remember that. So memory, which is unfinished business. So if you're not finished with a thought and an experience and a feeling, it's in your memory banks. So you don't have to just re feel it and then give it a name and figure it out. You've already had that experience. So that comes up and allows you to take that emotion. And for example, if you're learning how to be with disappointment in yourself, it allows you to start to feel disappointed and go, yeah, there it is. And so you can shift your relationship to it. So those are the three faculties of the most important vehicle that we need in order to navigate our world, our life, our relationships. Now, what happens when the feeling part of you hijacks the analytical, the logical part of you? What happens then? Ah. So let's say something happens and um, someone does something to you and when they do it to you, you feel put down. You're offended. And you aren't aware enough, maybe the meditation practice didn't kick in in that moment, or maybe some people never have, the, have really developed that ability to step back and observe your behavior, your emotions, your feelings, your thoughts, your memories change your relationship to patterns. That's the purpose of Raja Yoga. And so what will happen is then you become the resentment, you become angry, you become upset, you become it, which means you have the feeling, but the feeling is not moderated. You start spinning inside that feeling and it picks up momentum and it can go in any which way direction. So Let's use another one, you know, you're, you're at an event and something and you give an award and you're so happy, but you're not watching yourself be gracious and accept the award. What happens is you start spinning and oh boy, I'm pretty good. I got the award and you become the feeling that you get, the high you get from achieving that goal. Raja Yoga is teaching us how to keep the emotions in balance. The feelings, use the feelings, don't let the feelings use you. All right, Rashi Yoga then teaches, which we've mentioned, how can we use our analytical mind, the rational thinking mind, the mind that can step back from what you're feeling and go, ah, I know you're feeling frightened, but that's a bull. And that bull, which my memory just told me could really hurt you, requires you, the one feeling the fear, to get the heck out of here. Let's go. And unified, all three parts of your mind, follow the body and you get out of the field. Now, what happens though, if someone you love tells you something and that person tells you how much they love you, and you're not good with feelings. There's just some feelings you haven't been practiced with. And when they come, you just don't know what to do with them. And so right away, it's like, if I'm that person and, and Radha just said, I love you. 
And I go, oh, that's really nice. I'm so glad you love me. It's really important that you love me. That's when the rational, logical thinking mind hijacks the feeling. So now you've got part of your mind, one of, it's only 33%. You've got part of your mind using memory because you remember all those times someone said they loved you and you didn't love them or uh, someone said they loved you and then they left you. And I mean, there can be all kinds of reasons. Not even the ones in this incarnation, but we won't go there. So three functions, feeling. We feel our way through our life. However, if we're stuck in feelings, whoa, we're gonna bang our head a lot. We're gonna miss opportunities. We're gonna misperceive what's going on. People think because they see it or that someone says something that they've gotten the truth. Misperception, you can maybe hear what they're saying or maybe you're hearing what you want to hear and they're saying something totally different. Try marriage, that one you can really get. Um, and Rod and I do this all the time, all the time. We do not do it all the time and we wish we could do it all the time, but it doesn't happen. Someone will say something and Rod will say something. She'll say, um, uh, Gopal, when, when you go outside, would you make sure that the hose is shut off? And I'll go, yeah, sure, hon. And I'm going outside and I'm looking where I have to wheel, um, uh, roll up a hose, but all, all the hoses are rolled up, it looked like. And, and I'm sure she said she wanted to roll up the hose, so I don't know. And meanwhile, the plant's getting washed away and everything else is happening because I didn't, I, she didn't say to me, in this case, it would be, she didn't say to me, um, before you go, what'd you hear me say? And sometimes it's really wild. So I can say to her sometime, you know, you know, hon, I really need a neck massage. Would you hear me say, I heard you say that I'm a pain in the neck. Right? Joking a bit, this happens. This happens. So these three functions now, they're simple, but wow, without training, without exercises, without really, um, working on being able to step back, have the feeling. This is the good part. You would think if you dive into the feeling, you get spun around and you're really upset with that person and how can that happen? I mean, just imagine if that's what I did today. That would have been really good. Why does this always happen to me? The internet's off. I needed a day of just doing my practices. I'm a yogi. Why can't I at least have half a day to practice before I go on and I look like I know something? To these people. Oh, that would have been good. <laughs> it would have taken me two days to recover. Or maybe I, I'm not friends with shame. And maybe the internet off means it's not going to be perfect tonight. And as a matter of fact, I may have to cancel it. Shh, no, I don't want to cancel it. That's horrible if I cancel it. People will leave. They won't want to come back. They'll send me nasty comments on Facebook. I don't know. But that's what the mind can do now. In dynamic stillness, we have the capacity to flow with the ever-changing field while simultaneously remaining in a unified field. Let me say that again, because I can't say you what you hear me say. 
would take too long. So what I just heard myself say is, there is a way to live in a multi-dimensional world. A world where you can have a physical sensation, but you don't become it. So you're free of it, but you're experiencing it. You get a twofer. Everyone's just having a one-fer. Raja Yogis want it all. We want twofers. We want to experience our relationship with others as, I, as we're all doing right now. We want to experience others while simultaneously not getting to not getting lost in it. Not, it takes practice. I know everyone in this room knows exactly what I'm talking about. Boy, that was the old part of me again. Everyone on the Zoom knows exactly what I'm talking about. So dynamic stillness is living in a state of consciousness where you experience things and you respond in a unified, synchronistic, holistic way which may mean taking out a sword and cutting off someone's head. Ah, that's too violent. We were just talking about the other day about if you meet Buddha on the path, you know what that thing is, you know, kill him. Ooh, I hated that. I used to always say, if you meet Buddha on the path, give him a hug, tell him he's doing a good job and then keep going on your own path. So dynamic stillness is knowing who you are as a physical body, as an energetic body, as an emotional being, being feeling things with memories in the past. Some of them are memories that are painful and that's good because that painful memory will tell you when the person calls up and tells you if you give him $10,000, he'll give you a million back. Wow. We are wise aware beings. I'm not talking about my personality. This person you're looking at right now, he is not wise, aware, intuitive. He's got moments of it. He's got moments of it. But that comes from a connection to the place in me where I'm experiencing a unified field. And in that unified field, and I love this, I mean, this is the reason for everything you want to call spiritual or religious, all those things, is to have the experience of you dancing in a world completely free, but having feelings, fully big feelings. That's what I was going to say before. When you experience emotions in the unified field, they are bigger than when you experience them from a um, contorted, warped angle. They're different. It's like playing I am, an I am a Walrus on 45. Now, those of you who know what I'm talking about, you're old. All right, my friends, we're, we're on a journey. Now, it does take practice. What I'm sharing with you, I, I want to take all of the sutras that I have been studying, and I want to place them in front of you in an experiential way that makes sense, given that we're Westerners, given that we're Canadians, Americans, Britons, all of the people that are out there. Um, but we need to practice. Practice allows you to experience. You align your physical body, your energetic body, and your mental body. You know how to align 
the memory, it's called manas. The analytical part of your mind, it's called the buddhi. The feeling part of your mind that owns the experience, that's the emotions, ahankara, that's, that's the ego. The part of you that owns things, experiences them. Then you think about them, remember them, and move forward. So let's close our eyes again. Let's get into a comfortable position where your back is as straight as possible. That's always good, but you can lean back. That's always good. Be comfortable, please. And close your eyes. To be present to very big, painful emotions requires you to catch it early on. And that's true for all of us. Certainly true for me. If I don't catch it early on, the rotations increase in velocity to the point where you're a little kid holding onto a merry-go-round that's spinning so fast that you only have one hand and your feet are flying through the air. So breathe into that. Deep breath and appreciate the fact we have a physical body that can interact with other physical forms. Whoa. Don't take that for granted. A human birth is a blessing. Just ask any cockroach. So we breathe deeply and experience our physical body in relationship to the couch, the chair, the floor mat, wherever you might be. Begin to breathe and feel your physical form. In the next two exhalations, release as much tension as you can and let your body just take a comfortable posture. And now with your body comfortable, I would like you to acknowledge the physical vehicle that you have been using for this entire birth. Just acknowledge that you have a body. Thank you, body. Yet you are not the body. Hold that in your consciousness for a few moments. Notice if there is a rebuttal from another part of you that might tell you you are the body. Just notice. In this meditation, you are the knower. You are the one who watches, is aware, observes. You are the seer, seeing, the seen. In this case, your physical body. Now, allow your most often experienced emotions 
there's more than one. Allow the emotions that you often feel, the good, the bad, the ugly, but allow yourself to notice that you have emotions, these specific ones. But from manas, memory, become familiar with your most your top five emotions, top three. Emotions you feel when things don't go that well. Emotions you feel when a desire is satisfied. However, you are taking the posture of a meditator. Observe the emotions that you often experience. Who are you? Are you the observer or the emotion? Take a stand. Make an affirmation to yourself to remember. I have physical sensations. I am not. I have emotions. I am. Not that. You are that which never has a beginning, nor will it end. You are the knower, knowing the known. You are the seer, seeing the seen. You are the observer. Noticing every emotion, every feeling. I am comes first always. The I am never changes. Only what follows changes. You are the unchanging.
we are on a journey. A journey to experience multi-dimensions simultaneously. We are multi-dimensional space travelers with the capacity to touch and feel, to emote, to flow in the unified field, dancing with the ever-changing. the divine Leela. Breathe into that, please. Let that body just celebrate. For it has the experience of you steering it. So breathe into your body, appreciating it. You can feel its appreciation for you. And as you breathe in, feel your chest opening and your ability to be present is enhanced. Rub your hands, create some heat. <clears throat> Cup the hands over your eyes. Very gently transition from eyes closed to eyes open. It can shock the system and change you from a meditative state to a reactive state. So take your time stroking out the eyes. When you come back, I'd like you to just sit there and observe what's around you. Take it in. Don't go after it. Let it come to you. For tonight, you learned. We shared with you. That as a being who has no limitations, we enter into the mind so that we can experience, we can feel, we can think, we can interact with a world that's ever-changing. And when our mind is kept in alignment, when each of the functions is in a unified relationship, not fragment, not emotions hijacking your logic, not your rational thinking missing opportunities to open your heart and to feel the pain of losing someone you love. not with the ability to take a memory and to place it in front of you with the person who was nasty to you and open your heart to the feeling you had when the memory first happened and realize you can change your relationship to that feeling, thus the memory disappears and possible to have a transformed relationship with the person. That's the journey we're on as yogis, as Raja yogis. <clears throat> 